people God dearly loves. This will probably surprise or even shock some of you. I don't have a single tattoo. And the odds are somewhere between slim, but much closer to none that I never will. Yet ink is in style, and there's a fair bit of it around here at Crown of Life. Am I the only one who thinks it's a bit crazy that tattoo parlors often advertise tattoo removals? There's a fascinating article in the most recent World magazine about a man in Ohio. His name is Billy Joe White. He's a tattoo artist who, for the past five years, has offered to cover up tattoos promoting hate, and his shop does it for free. Here's another question on this Ash Wednesday night. If our regrets showed up as tattoos, how marked up would we be? How much ink would be on us? (coughs) Dig around in the attic of your life, and what do you find? Wasted years, hurtful words, greed, lust, anger, arrogance, selfishness, pride, prejudice. What do we do with all these unwanted tattoos of sin? One option is to be defensive. When we're defensive, we don't admit anything. We tell no one. We keep the skeleton safely locked away. When we're defensive, we reduce life to one goal. Hide the secret. Cover it up. Don't address it. Don't admit it. And whatever happens, never, ever confess it. Another option is to be defeated. When we're defeated, we feel as though we don't make mistakes. We are a mistake. We didn't foul up. We are a foul up. We beat ourselves up with blame and shame. The verdict, guilty forever. Defensive people attempt to hide their sin tattoos. Defensive, defeated people replay their sins. Is there another way, a different way, a better way? Yes. We can be delivered of all our ugly marks. We begin Lent on this Ash Wednesday marked not with a tattoo, but with a black smudge of ashes. And on this night, we begin a series of Lenten sermons, these midweek, these midweek reflections called Witnesses to Christ. The first person we hear tonight from the Gospel of John is John the Baptizer. And this is what he tells us when we're defensive about sin or defeated by sin. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, of course, means see, but this simple verb can also be translated gaze, take note, stare, concentrate on. It's not about being impolite. It's about seeing what we must see. This lamb is no ordinary lamb. Jesus is the Passover lamb of God. We are marked with cross-shaped ashes this evening, but Exodus 12 includes the command for the Israelites to paint the lamb's blood on the sides and the tops of their doorways. This blood will set them free, free from slavery, free from bricks and from whips and from Pharaoh's evil, nasty tricks. But what does the greater lamb take away? He takes away the sin of the world, our sin, 
our ugly sin, our shameful sin, our haunting sin, our every single sin. We don't have to drink our sins away or eat them away or explain our sins away or cry or bury our own sin away or kill a lamb and grab a paintbrush. Instead, we behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The truth is, most of us have carried these ugly markings of sin for so long that we can't imagine life without them. We can't imagine it, but God can, and God does. But God does more than just imagine our sins away. He sees them, and in seeing them, he sends John the baptizer to proclaim a different one, a greater one. Behold, look, gaze, stare at, concentrate on the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This has been our prayer of confession tonight. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I trust you to take it all away. No guilt is too ancient or too recent. No guilt is too significant or too insignificant. If you've ever wondered how God reacts when guilt and shame have you cornered and are ready to swallow you whole, if you've ever wondered how God feels when you're lost and abandoned and hopeless, if you've ever wondered what God would do if he found out about it all, then frame these words from John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold, see, gaze, stare at this wonderful truth. The God who is our Redeemer also says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. So says the servant Messiah in Isaiah 49. Jesus has your name written where he can see it. Your name is on his blood-stained hands. He loves you that much. Because it is God's marks that prove his love. God who has tattoos on his hand when Jesus took the nails on a God-forsaken cross. When Jesus took the nails, he took all of our sin and our shame. He hung there for us. Our forgiving Savior says, I have engraved you, your names, on the palms of my hands. And at the end of life, these are the only marks that matter. These blessed tattoos on Christ's hands will never be erased. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it is present tense. Who takes away, it is always present tense. Christ takes away now and he takes away always. On Ash Wednesday he takes away. Tomorrow he takes away. Next week he takes away. In all our Lenten days when we come to the Easter festival and for all the days or years we are given on earth. He takes away. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.